0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Talking Shot, the photography podcast. I am Ross Greeve, And I'm Jim Cossey.
1: I'm Esther Ling.
0: And today we're joined by sports photographer Ian Cook. Good evening. Well, oh, afternoon, mate. It's oh. uh, still light outside <laughs> in this winter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about you in Newport, but it's half one in the That's afternoon. It's still pr- daytime
2: for me. <laughs> it's pretty dark in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, how are you, mate? Good yeah, to see Yeah, very good, thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me.
0: We just it's had a pleasure. nice, tidy little... Um, Portrait British? session. Portrait session with Cookie. Yeah, yeah that was an experience. That <laughs> was, wasn't it? He <laughs> loves being in front of a camera, don't you? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pop your top off, love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, actually, that's a good reference. Matt Jacobs, who is normally here as well, <clears> is <throat> out in the Red Sea. Um, Doing a bit of diving. diving. Yeah. yeah. What well, he does best. He does. He's uh, got He's some images out there. But um, not that type of uh, sport today. We're uh, going to be talking about what, Premiership football, which is one of the things you do is is your your job. It's yeah. your job. Yeah, uh, international rugby as well. The thing you probably get asked a lot: How did you get into sports photography?
2: This uh, so, was so one of those. It's quite quite a mad way of getting into it, really, because back in the day. The, the sports photographers was very difficult because the cost of the lenses and so forth, it was just a very expensive thing to get, you know, unless you were working in, the, in that field, you know, or working for a cut a newspaper, then they provided all those bits of kit where, you know, for, for a <laughs> hobbyist like myself at the time, I couldn't, couldn't afford it. Mm. Um, so I started off very uh, low-key working for a local music venue in Newport because a passion of mine is also music and got the opportunity to actually photograph in TJ's in Newport, very iconic venue and literally I was working there for probably two or three years and I was drinking down a local um, civil service <laughs> club. Doesn't Old. surprise me, Cookie. No, not Bi- at all. That's the Cookie we know. Investing into the community. <clears throat> of course. Mm. And basically I used to go down with my camera and just take pictures of the boys playing football. You know, just so they had a couple of pitches on the wall and so forth. And basically the civil service club had a football pitch and a rugby pitch side by side. Um, but no rugby, um, the civil service rugby team didn't play on it at that time. I think they actually ceased to, to, to be a team. So it was only the football team that was going. And so the there was a local club in Newport called the Saracens. And they were basically having their ground redone. So they wanted the ground to train on in the meantime so they used the civil service grounds for, for that purpose i met the chairman of the club and he asked me if i would do some photographs on the weekend because they had a charity match against newport rfc and so i said yeah i'll go down and just take a couple of pictures and so did that you know put them onto a disc but i gave a them disc. to him remember those retro days? that's a disc
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it you
2: know and um, yeah and then basically a couple of weeks later there was an envelope behind the behind the bar and i thought it was a Looking like a tenner for a couple of pints, you know, so thank you. And I opened it up, and it was a pass for the Newport Gwent Dragons versus Benetton Treviso in a Heineken Cup qualifier. Wow! Yeah. So I went along with my little camera because all I had was a, I think it was a 90 to 300 on a Nikon D70, so it was nothing, you know, nothing too good, uh, good. Like, and um, I went and sat next to this guy, you know, with lenses like this, you know, and I was a oh the, my the god, cookies got he's got his looking. arms quite,
0: yeah, yeah, arms for radio,
2: yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a bit of a, right, okay, what am I doing here sort of thing. But, you know, I enjoyed it. I, you know, the pictures weren't great. Didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about shutter speeds and aperture settings and ISO in terms of sports photography. I knew in the music scene how to yeah. set a camera. Yeah. But from a photography it was totally alien to me. But I sat next to a gentleman by the name of Steve Pope, um, who's been my boss pretty much ever since. No it's way. interesting
1: though, isn't it? Because people think that if you're a photographer, then you can, you know all about all the genres and actually it's very, very different, Totally it? different,
2: yeah. And it's just one, th- one of those things. It's not just about the camera settings as well, but, you know, one thing I learned very early on was like when you were sat next to these photographers, you saw them with the laptops and you're like, what are you doing? And then you realised then that they were actually sending images Seconds after, away, yeah. after the event that uh, occurred, you know, there was a try scored in front of someone, and then minutes later, he was off across across the world, and that kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was like, okay, so there was another skill element that I had to try mm-hmm. and learn and an event, basically I started doing rugby um, more more and more rugby um, I got on really well with the media officer at the Dragons at the time because I asked the right questions it wasn't the case that I went there and basically just did my own thing I asked what the rules and regulations were so that I didn't get told off and she liked that so when I applied for a pass again you know I got in so it was great and I just started basically building my kit up from there you know I, um, speaking to the pros at the time they said right you know you want to look at getting a seventy two two hundred mil- yeah. minimum That's it's almost a good way to start Mm.
1: though isn't it because you you uh, were learning the craft first and then getting to know what you needed as opposed to just buying whatever you could and then blindly and then not really using
2: it Mm. and and and
0: the lighting conditions are are generally difficult because most games like the pro games are in the evening aren't they
2: yeah yeah they are and it's literally majority of my my work is under floodlight conditions or artificial light Mm. indoors Because if you think about it, the football season runs okay from August to, say, October. You're okay on a Saturday afternoon. You've got good light. But once the the clocks go back, the first half you're in nice daylight conditions if you're lucky. And then second half, it's all floodlit. So, Mm. you know, you go from two different, completely different sets. Sounds like summer. (laughs) In Newport it is, yeah. (laughs) But um, no, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, you just have to learn to, to basically manage. And I just enjoyed... Actually learning a new craft mm. as well, if that makes sense, because it was like something I'm constantly learning. So I would do a shoot. And I would basically put them onto a website and I'd send them to Steve and then he would come back and say, oh, you need to think about this, You're cropping. And oh, So like he was that. a good mentor for me yeah. yeah, as, yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's one of those things. If it wasn't for, for Steve, then obviously I wouldn't have started out where I was. So, um, in, so I'm still working for him now. So. But
0: it's quite interesting because the, the perception of sports photographers is that they are oh, they just sit there on the sideline and they they take their images and that's it but i know I've, I've watched you work and i've worked with you on like triathlons and i know how hard you work uh, to get images out there so quickly and, t- and tell us a story uh, you, you've told me this off air the story about the quickest image you got from camera to uh, your laptop to photodesk
2: yeah so basically um I, 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 let me explain about the software first. Because uh, people ask, want to know what the software we use oh, yes. to basically allow us to get these images out so quick. Obviously, the, the usuals of Photoshop. I definitely use Photoshop, or some people, some photographers use Lightroom. Mm. And basically, there's a software called Photo Mechanic, and it's designed by a company called Camera Bits in the, in the US. And they basically make this software that's designed for photojournalism. And so, basically, every image that goes out to the news desk has to be captioned. So, you have to say who, what, where, and when. On picture wise when it tells the the picture editor right. who's in the picture what event it is do you
1: have like, to do like a tagging thing as yeah, well and there's also right.
2: keywords and stuff like that <clears throat> but also in the camera when you've got an image because if you think about it in a game i could shoot a thousand images but if i have to download a thousand images and then go s- sorting through those images to find the one i need i'm wasting time so in camera you can actually lock the uh, the image uh. so when it goes into Foot mechanic you know you're downloading a thousand images to the computer but you're telling football me mechanic. I only want to see the ones uh, that I want to see. Are like your favourites? Right. Yeah, okay. Like your, yeah. Clever. Your favourites. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then basically, what also is really powerful with football mechanic, they got what's called code replacement. Now, code replacement is basically you, at the beginning of every game, you get a team sheet, obviously saying who what the players are actually playing Numbers that day. And, yeah. Football is fairly straightforward because once a player signs for a club, he gets assigned a number for that season, and that's the number he he has to the you know until he leaves the club, pretty much. With rugby, the fifteen change all the time depending on who the coach picks. Yeah. So basically, we we do a text file. So it's basically so if you if we take the Newport Gwent Dragons for example, um, and say Cory Hill, so I'd put any for Newport. Well, they're the Gwent Dragons. Sorry, they're not Newport Gwent Dragons anymore. It's just the Gwent Dragons. So I'd just put any for, and then tab it, and then Cory Hill or Gwent Dragons Cory Hill, and then I'd have like um, other bits of code like so A would be, and then I tap it, and now what that sentence would be, would be, say, in action during today's match. So what it, then when I go into Photo Mechanic, I can tap in code. So it's
1: a it, filter it, system. It
2: completes a complete sentence <clears throat> just using small code. Oh, wow, okay. So I got a picture, um, and basically I s- sent it from the camera. But it's not not wireless. I haven't got, I can't afford wireless uh, <laughs> technology at the moment, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's a case of taking the compact flashcard out, putting it into a card reader, downloading the images, tagging it, cropping it, so you're not to, um, basically captioning it and then editing it in Photoshop. And basically in Photoshop you've got to be really careful. You're allowed to crop into an image and stuff like that, but you can't basically so if there's a player like and he's got a like a mole or something like that, you can Photoshop it out. It's, you know, you cannot edit the image right. in such a way that it manipulates the image. They have a corporate image, don't they? That they've got to protect. Yeah, right, okay. And it's so basically, you've got to be really careful. So the only thing you like to do is basically adjust the levels and contrast, and you know, boost some shadows now and again, you reduce noise from time to time, and just crop. But my record from actually from taking, locking the picture in camera to actually editing it, captioning it, and sending it to the news desk was forty seconds. Wow. So, 40 seconds 40 seconds oh. and then i actually i'd done it at the photography show and i think i'd done it in 46 seconds there slipping i know terrible and, you know i let myself down did there. they use that photo it's pretty um, impressive to be honest i can't remember you know because you you got to remember that these events there are so many photographers at the side of you so when you take when you look at the pictures on the on the
3: because yeah, how, how many roughly do you think then there is photographers per game
2: per game well it depends on the event okay so at the olympics um you know that you could have basically up to a 100 maybe 150 photographers at you know mm-hmm. in a venue you know uh, especially like gymnastics and stuff like that you know um where like if you look at the rugby world cup um, when i'd done that in 2015 there was so there's 20 photographers either side of the post so that's 80 plus there was a couple of runner photographers mm-hmm. and then you had the official photographers like getty who would be uh, you know doing all the other ever bits <coughs> and bobs for for the agency so like the, the touchline stuff and, and things like that so you you know up to hundred photographers yeah. so usually at Wales games less than thirty okay so it's only a but what's the
3: amount. so what's the atmosphere like between you guys is it you get on well or are you still like it's oh, a little bit of rivalry n-
2: no right. we all get on great yeah you know it's, um, good, good, good. there's a lot of photographers there that basically I looked up to when I was did you yeah and uh, you know, when I was starting out it was and still you still there. do look up to them. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't grown, Cookie. <laughs> no,
0: I
1: apologize to uh, Stilettos.
2: I'm fine now. My wedges.
1: I wondered where that's gone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Helps me see all the advertising board as well. <laughs> you know, for the now. um.
1: I remember seeing you um watching the Olympics and seeing you on the TV. I was like, Cookie, it's I'm, Cookie.
2: Yeah. <coughs> yeah, going mental yeah. during the Olympics because there's a couple of times people have spotted me yeah. and uh, they must have been really bored. <laughs> I will have to save that story for a, another podcast, I think,
0: because that, that's quite a good story, mm. actually. That's, um, yeah, that's a beauty, that one.
2: Uh, uh, um, but,
0: but photographing photographing football and um, rugby, there's quite a, the, with, with premiership football, it's quite difficult to get into, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah, because it's, it's run by a company called Dataco, so they basically got the contract to overlook all the imaging and film rights for uh, the Premier League, for, for the EFL, which is the Football League Championship, League mm. One, and League Two, and so there's a certain criteria that you've got to have mm. um, to basically get in in there. And so you've got to basically it's sort of like a tra- catch twenty-two. It's real difficult. They, they make it difficult, I think, because you've got to be able to show invoices from a 12-month period certain number of invo- paid invoices from newspapers of images used in football. Ah, uh, but if right. you, so then if how you do you can, get that? Yeah, but if you can get in there, yeah. They, yeah. You, you know, so it's they make it as difficult as possible. So um, luckily enough, I work for a company called Camera Sport, you know, and there's another Steve, it's two Steve, so um, Steve White of Camera Sport, who's basically been around for many, many years, lots of experience. You know, he's another photographer that I highly look up to because, like, he is so stringent in the way we edit mm and stuff like that and if you ever drop your standards you know he's the first one to be on your case and now and rightly so you know because like you like we're we're all photographers and you know you can take a thousand good photographs but then you have one bad one and that's the one you get known for Mm. you know it's just the old cliche isn't it it's just the way it goes and unfortunately that's how that's how it happens but no, fair do to steve he's He's been it really helps good. you
1: p- keep pushing, doesn't it, and getting yeah, better it, and learning well, more. It,
2: you keep making sure that we don't we don't <coughs> drop our standards. No, not you know. There's no
1: But that's
0: interesting you saying about you know you get you get known for the photo you um it might be a bad photo or whatever. But there's a photo you took during the Ryder Cup which no one else had done. Yeah, yeah. Can talk us through that.
2: Uh that was basically that was in 2014, uh, the Ryder Cup in Glen Eagles. Um, I recently done well the previous one at 2010. I, Celtic Manor Resort in Newport Obviously that was my local one Because I lived two miles from the Celtic Manor And I was one of the resident photographers Because being the house photographer there So um, I got to do Glen Eagles again in 2014 Which was your privilege and Because I like golf It's one of the sports So I really do enjoy watching um, So basically We were following Rory McIlroy around And um, basically we were on the 18th And uh, the photographers You're only allowed to basically There's a rope that Basically separates the spectators to the players pretty much, you know, even though the players are on the fairway, they're (coughs) a good way. But the photographer's got to stay a metre within that row. Mm. uh, row. Okay, so we're not allowed to go onto the fairway and so forth. Only film crews, you know, people actually recording it for live sky, Mm -hmm. whatever allowed there. And it's a dogleg, right? And literally, Rory McRoy was there, and there was basically a film crew stood in the grass in the rough. And I thought, oh, I know, because I had the um, GH4 at the time, uh, because Lumix... Um, asked me to be an ambassador for them so I said yes yes please um, and even though at the time I was using Necon they said oh can you just use the cameras alongside and just basically abuse them mm-hmm. and see what you get so I took it with me and the beauty of the Lumix system because it's mirrorless there's no, sl- there's silent, no shutter, silent shutter <coughs> and the rule of golf is you're not allowed to photograph until the ball's been struck because the shutter noise puts them off oh. so if ever you watch a golf tournament you hear on the tee well, as soon as they tee off you just hear the <laughs> exactly yeah I saw you here in the background. And so with that, I I was lying in the grass with a GH4. And another photographer from AFP literally dived in the grass with me. So, oh, what's he doing? Oh, OK. So basically, two of us, there we are. And there's a film crew, literally their feet are right next to me. And I'm literally just looking at, you know, setting up my shot like that. And as Rory McIlroy comes on his backswing, I start firing. He, once he hits the ball, then you hear the shutter going off of the guy next to me because he was shooting with a Canon 1DX mm-hmm. Mark yeah. 1. Um, so I had that shot when nobody else had because I was shooting mirrorless. Nice. So, and it allowed me to get a lot of yeah. images that I wouldn't normally No one got. else
0: got. The same with snooker though as well,
2: obviously, isn't it? You, you yeah, the same rules apply. But obviously it's not as dramatic in, you know, in snooker as, as it is yeah, in, in golf. Yeah, it's just and that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? so, but it does
0: help. So you do know? you think mirrorless cameras have changed the way you shoot? your sports photography or do you think it's changed sports photography as a whole the way people approach it
2: i i think both yes to both of those um it's certainly changed the way i've you know shoot for sport now because it gives me extra options
1: do you do many of the f- sports photographers you know have that have they made the change over to mirrorless or they N- still no not at the
2: moment right. um because i i have yeah i've jumped across i still use nikon from time to time but i i've you know, I do turn up with just one bag because mm. usually I've got a pellet case or a Think Tank bag, a roller bag, with a 400 yeah. full pro DSLR body, another DSLR body with a 70 to 200 and a 24 to 70 mm. and a flash gun. You know, that's why I was 6 foot 4 when I started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, But, you know, like, obviously now with the Lumix... The, i'm shooting now with the g9 and i got the 200 mil and i've also got the 35 to 100 you know and it's just basically made my life a lot easier mm. and most of the iconic shots that i've i've got for myself not i mean and they're not iconic out there i don't, I don't mean that i just mean the ones i personally mm. like are all taken on the mirror, mirror system on the g9 i don't know on the on the lumix system of yeah. the gh4 gh5 and the g9 you know the first image i got of um remote, I put a remote behind the cam, the goal at a Premiership match between. Oh, I remember Car- you telling me that. Yeah, Cardiff and um, <clears throat> Cardiff and Liverpool, and basically, you know, I had all these pro bodies on, on little tripods, and there was my little GX7. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I remember all the uh, photographers going, "What are you doing? <laughs> oh, what <laughs> the hell is that, you rookie?" You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, and you, you know, got the shot. I got the shot. I had to make a lead for it because at the time, Pocket Wizard were not supporting um the lumix um which they are now which is real good to see because mm. you know pay pocket wizard the flex system is panasonic dedicated yeah. so that is nice. that was a, a, a moment for me yes i because i was asking that you know like when i joined the ambassador program ttl as well no Yep. Mm-hmm. you know when i enjo- when i joined oh god i can't remember when i joined now i think it was like 2013 1908 <laughs> yeah, pretty <much>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know like you know they said what do you want what would you want in the system and I said well if you want to compete with the big boys then you need to have everything that they they get and that includes all the third party side of things, you know, so pocket wizard, you know, for triggering, you know, the lens c- combinations, you know, you needed like for the wildlife photographers. So like Canon and Nikon, they have the 600, the 500, you know, you need those variant lenses, you know, so people can, can basically change the system and know they've got the focal range that they need.
1: And the, especially on the G9, I, d- I was actually talked to the guys about it the other, the other night, um, I find on my G9, the autofocus is super fast, isn't it? And just it spot is. on every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I <laughs> always
3: go back to the whole phase detect versus um, contrast-based detect that this Lumix system uses. And there's always been, again, that whole, oh, it's never going to be as good. But actually, I just find that G9, like, I use it for weddings, so I use the mm. the G9 with the 42.5 um, Nauticron. Yeah, nice lens. And that, for me I was we were doing the workshop last week with Esther and yeah. wedding workshop and I was saying just I can rely on that to get the important shots of the bride with the um her dad walking down the aisle which is like yeah. so important and vice versa but you just know that's going to nail it every time it's yeah. just amazing yeah
0: but even when um like uh when this podcast goes out <coughs> excuse me when this podcast goes out um we've been uh, using the brand new firmware um on the on the S1R and that, what it fakes on that is now, wow. Crazy, yeah. Is it as good as the G9? I haven't done a direct comparison yet. It's, it's still wow. We'll, okay. do that. I, we'll do that later. I just we'll literally that out of the box Do that comparison. later. Yeah, so but um, <coughs> was, I mean, that is, that is one of the benefits. But it? it's evolving. That's what yeah. I love. It's that the manufacturers are listening and they're making these improvements all the time. You know, sometimes it's not going to happen overnight because it, it just can't. No, but the, that's right. They're still, you're buying a product and they're still making improvements mm. where yeah. the firmware updates, which I think is really, really important.
2: Yeah. Definitely, you know what I like about the G9 is that there was always a trade-off with the mirrorless system. You know, there's a people photographers who haven't switched across yet just think there's too many negatives for them to change. Mm. But until they use the system and actually use it in anger, they actually realize you know you, they would realize pretty soon how good the system is, and which is where the benefit I've I've had. Mm. I've been able to use the system in anger and actually get the best out of it. But what I loved about the G9 is the fact that sports photographers we have to learn how to crop into images. It's just, you know, we have to. It's not a case of compose the image straight off the off the bat. You know, we gotta crop into the image. And the thing that did you know, the older generation of Lumix or and well all mirrorless systems really is basically as soon as you cropped into this into the image, you, the loss of detail was just gone. And so with the G9 now it gives you that me that flexibility that I can actually crop in and still retain a lot of detail and the file sizes. You know, all these images I take from the G9 or go out to Getty. Mm. No, know they all go out to every <laughs> newspaper in the land so they're, they're out there do
1: yeah. you have um like a a favorite focusing which which focus do you use are you kind of one air one one area one area
2: tracking um, like um obviously when um jim was talking then he uses face detect is see We use no i was, no i
3: was saying phase detect Oh face detect
2: yeah. right sorry well i use the one spot in the yeah. middle mm. and the reason being is because if you think about it on the pitch when you're photographing a game it's it's busy yeah and you could have players <clears throat> running in all different encroaching the side of the frame yeah and so if you've got your focusing point bouncing it could jump to the player c- c- coming in and that player could be 30 yards in front of the person you're actually tracking right Okay. so by having it locked in the middle i'm telling the focusing point what to focus on not it dictating to me yeah, yeah. where it wants to yeah. focus on And know with the g9 there's um it's just It's super, easy, like, super it? quick, yeah. And obviously, I use back button focus as well. I take that element out of the. I don't use trigger. Right. Yeah. Okay. You put me onto that actually, and I use that <coughs> in my
0: portraiture. Oh, I just mm. use it all the time now. It's just yeah. So see, enjoyable.
1: that's it's something that I, d- yeah, I never really, really. I hear people no. mm. saying how incredible it is, but I've never really. It's, used. It's, <laughs> I you, mean, for sp- I guess for sports photography, it's you know extra helpful, isn't it? And
2: yeah. It's just it's it's more accurate. Um, and also there's other things with the cameras that you need to be aware of um all cameras so if you've got lenses with vr is yeah any uh, stabilization turn it off because it impedes it acts on the. it basically is trying to do a job when the camera is trying to think of doing it just basically slows the focusing system okay so by turning it off so for sports you always
1: turn these uh, is off
2: yeah because there's a rule there's like the 1000 second rule Mm -hmm. okay um that, that will vary depending on the camera you have, and you need to experiment with that your system to find out where the sweet spot is for f- the shutter speeds. So, I know, for example, my boss Steve White he shoots with a Canon 1DX Mark II, and uh, the focus point uh, the, sorry, the, the shutter speed he needs f- to nail the shots all the time is one two thousandth of a second, right? Right, if he shoots below that, he he runs the risk of, a, yeah, wow. of actually getting blurred blur shots, yeah, yeah. Wow. it's quite crazy, yeah. you know. Um, so I know on the G9, the sweet spot for me is 1300 of a second. Right. right. You know, So I don't shut it 1000. Don't go below. No, right. people say, oh, one of us is really dark. That's what the ISO is there for. Okay, yes, it reduces the quality of the image overall, but it's a trade-off. And I've shot these at 6400 ISO, and yeah. the image has been yeah more than usable.
3: I remember actually being, because on the photography show, I think we worked on um, G-Series cameras on one of the days, and you had your laptop. That's right, yeah. And the again, the amount of people that used to come up and just come up and just diss the system altogether, and then you bring up the photos, and then you would show them results, and then was you know obviously your stunning work, but it you could actually then tell them there look ISO six four
2: hundred, this is physical yeah. proof, of, yeah. and you
3: can punch in, and it's still the quality's there. Yes, yeah. It's, yeah. It's impressive, isn't
2: it? It's, it's a brilliant system. And in fact, it's so light as well. And I, yeah. I've only got little hands. Well, little biggish hands. <laughs> little chubby hands. Yeah, it's little chubby hands. So I think it's, it's like you said before, you know,
0: Getty <laughs> wouldn't be accepting your images if, if the image quality wasn't up to scratch. So I think right. that, yeah, that's exactly. what it speaks for it, yeah. itself
3: enough there. Yeah. 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 And um, and then what, what's your kind of favourite combo then with the G9? Um, Do you have a favourite lens set up with it?
2: Basically, yeah, you obviously, being in sports, you have to shoot with multiple cameras. Like when i done the Champions League final, because you were literally sat next shoulder to shoulder with the photographers mm-hmm. because basically they just put plastic seats down next to each other. So you can't move. Like usually at the game, i got my, my, my bag at the side of me. You know, i got all my lenses in there. So if I want to change a lens, do a wide, do a little ground view or something like that, I can just open the bag, take the lens out, put it on, don't take the shot, put it back. But I've got the freedom of movement. Champions League final... I was stuck like this. I couldn't move. Really, shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. So basically, I had four camera bodies over my neck. Wow! Oh. I, oh I was in agony oh. for days. It, <laughs> to terrible. literally give me, no I had way. literally um, the four, one four hundred. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I uh, had the seventy to two hundred, the twenty four to seventy, and the fourteen to twenty four, because I wanted to make sure that whatever I've seen all so eventualities leaving, were covered i had everything covered
3: oh my god was well, it
0: the same champions league final that you were flying out to and you thought it'd be a good idea to padlock your um your camera case to your assistant's ear that's the one
1: yeah ear? yeah ear? yeah
0: yeah his, his assistant Ashley's, you know, got one of these big holes in his ear
3: oh yeah oh. So, <laughs> like
2: a flesh tunnel and, and basically um, no way and uh think tank um bags like you know i like always say if you ever go into a press room all you'll see is think tank bags okay and because they're just like the, all the pros just yeah. love them because they're built to last and you've got a lifetime warranty with them so i always use think tank but they got on the back of them they got basically a chain that's locked into the f- main f- the frame of the bag all right. with a padlock a combination lock and so literally i went i needed the, the, the toilet so i basically looked around <laughs> his ear and just said right don't move <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh that's yeah, brilliant no, there's people looking at him really funny yeah, when I, back. <laughs> yeah. and I I did wind him up a little bit and I said I forgot the combination code <laughs> <laughs> he's a good lad actually yeah he is, he yeah. is. Oh, brilliant
0: well Cookie it's been amazing having you on today mate and I um, Really enjoyed it yeah, it's always good you. hearing you about your um, your sports stories um, never ceases to entertain <laughs> but um, no good to see you mate and I'm sure we'll uh, definitely have you on again thanks very brilliant. much for having me Thanks, cheers, cheers, cheers Cookie thank